Welcome to Season 5 of the Shock Your Potential Podcast with your host, best-selling author and international speaker, Michael Sherlock. The Shock Your Potential Podcast is dedicated to entrepreneurs looking to up their game, increase their income, and scale their businesses to new heights. Shock Your Potential is a professional services company providing affordable services to small businesses, matching entrepreneurs with virtual assistants, and offering specialized leadership and sales training to companies around the world. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and listen in now to another motivating episode that will help you to shock your potential. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long, we are talking to people in the world of tech and specifically those people whose businesses can give some great positive outcomes to our businesses. And my guest today is, uh, he's got a really varied uh, background and I think it's gonna be fascinating. I can't wait to learn a bit about him, but also to talk about his book. So let's see how we can get in there. And I, I apologize in advance. I'm gonna try and pronounce everything correctly, but you guys all know me. I screw the things up quite frequently. <laughs> so Darshan Mehta is the founder of iResearch.com. That's an insights platform that quickly and affordably allows you to extract insights from customers worldwide. He's also the founder of ConnectQuick.com, which is an app for instant connections and engaging interactions. Now, this is not the end of it. In 2021, he also launched Big Mango Startup Hub in collaboration with King Guts University of Technology, Thumbury in Bangkok, Thailand. And you guys all know I've been to Bangkok. Oh, I loved it there. In addition to his roles at iResearch and ConnectQuick, he has taught at many, many prestigious universities, such as the Washington University in Washington, D.C., the University of Gothenburg in Sweden, and so many more. Thailand, France, Switzerland, he gets around without a doubt. Now he has a book called Getting to Aha, Why Insights why today's insights are tomorrow's facts. And Entity explores the nature of insights, what they are, how to uncover them, and how to, most importantly, use them to drive innovation and something we are all looking for, which is audience engagement. Darshan, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you very much, Michael. And uh, after that introduction, I'm not sure what I can say. <laughs> You're like, I'm done. Drop the mic. It's all good. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I love it. I, my listeners always probably laugh at me because I say this all the time. I'm so fascinated by people's um, bios and their their introductions because they're the things that are critical that we, you know, we as the people that it's about want the world to know. And so I really like to um, to dive into them and, and really express, you know, how important they are. And it also tells a story, but it also only tells a little bit of the story. I know you have more and I can't wait to learn more about all the technology you're involved in, but tell us a little bit more in your own words about you, these different businesses that you have and how it helps people like us perhaps to shock our own potential. Sure. Uh, I, I come from an entrepreneurial background. My father was very entrepreneurial uh, and I was actually born in India and grew up in the U.S. And one of the things I really realized when I was in college, I loved case studies. In particular, I like uh, identifying the problem because once you know the problem, then you can start working on the solution. Mm -hmm. And I realized I didn't mind problems. I just really love solutions. Oh, yeah. And so that eventually led me to consulting management consulting, and then I got into brand marketing, advertising, and market research. And I've been doing it for over 20 years. 
And what I've realized is, you know, there's basically two ways to do research. And research often sounds like an academic endeavor. Mm. But in all honesty, it's really more simple than that. It's really structured curiosity, right? Oh, I love Which that. is delving deeper into learning uh, about what's really going on and what's driving something. Mm-hmm. And there's basically two ways to do that. You can do surveys or focus groups. Mm-hmm. And having done both, I just really uh, saw this great value in focus groups because that's where you can tap into what people really think and feel what drives them. And mm-hmm. I just feel there's this insights all around us. Mm-hmm. And it's as simple as having more conversations. We can tap into these insights. And if you tap into an insight before your competitors and so on, you really have an advantage and a leg up um, to make a difference and be not only innovative, but differentiate and be even more successful. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting, just as you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, how far we've come in the ability to have focus groups, you know, because in, I don't know, decades ago, when I first got into business, you know, we would literally bring people in and put them in a room around a table. And then there was somebody in there that moderated the focus group. And then there were other people that were watching through the two-way mirror. (laughs) And, and that was great, but but from the logistics of it, it was really tough. Now, today's Zoom world, especially, um, it's so much easier to not only get people to participate, but to get um, still that same value of seeing somebody's reactions or, you know, seeing the, their facial expression or, you know, having that kind of that input. I, I kind of forget about it these days. Yeah, COVID was a real, uh, you know, uh, a test and, and really accelerated the process to go online. For everything mm-hmm. and now it's become much more comfortable and familiar to many people to conduct really the bulk of their business online oh yeah absolutely and it and i love how you said too that um it's structured curiosity because you should be asking a question you know it's kind of like science trying to prove your theory wrong you know is the goal because if you can't prove it wrong eventually you've got to say it's right but it's it's this curiosity of you know, are we asking the right questions to learn about what is important to our customer, which should drive our business? But sometimes people get blinded by, you know, wanting to put out what they want to put out, goods, products, services, or ideas that they forget that that element of what the customer really wants is really, really important. You have to be brave to find in that curiosity that sometimes maybe your goal is not what the market really wants. Yeah. If you think about it, I mean, business is all about making strategic business decisions that minimize risk. Mm-hmm. And there's basically a couple of ways to do that. One, you can just guess and rely on your intuition. And some people are good at that. But mm-hmm. chances of you know batting a thousand is going to be pretty slim. Mm-hmm. Or the other is actually make more informed decisions by actually talking to your customers. Mm-hmm. And in the end, businesses really exist as long as your customers value what they're offering and are willing to pay for it. And so the more conversations you have with your customers, you know, I think uh, focus groups often get a a ding by saying, well, customers can't tell you the solution. And that's maybe true, but I can tell you what customers can tell you are their pain points and their problems. And that I would Mm -hmm. trust. And Mm -hmm. it's really not their position to give you the solution. That's really more you, you know, if you know your industry and your business, then you should be able to listen to what they're saying and say, Hey, you know, that's a pain point I can definitely address and fix and maybe do it better than what somebody else is doing currently. Oh, you're right. 
again, I was thinking, you know, there's some people that are really, really good at knowing, you know, kind of identifying, hey, this is going to be a great product, a great solution, a great idea. Um, but then also, even if it is the greatest idea, um, maybe the way the person accesses it or the way you've got it packaged or whatever creates other pain points. So maybe they're really, uh, maybe it really is going to solve something for that customer. But if you don't continue to talk to them, you won't know if there's other things that are getting in the way of them accepting your wonderful, you know, a solution to their problems and pain points. You might be bringing up other ones along the way. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of times it's a, uh, it's just maybe the buying experience is something that could be really enhanced and improved. And it's not so much about a price or a new innovation. It's just that the experience can be completely different. I think mm -hmm. I would get a great example of that is uh, men's uh, shavers. If you mm. think about it, Gillette was basically innovating by introducing, you know, two, three, four, five blades, and then eventually a battery that made the razor shake and vibrate. But along the way, what they didn't realize is when people had to go buy those shavers with the cartridges, they went in the stores and they were locked behind a cabinet. Yes. And so you had to go to the store clerk to open it and it just took away from the buying experience. Yeah. And here comes an upstart that basically does it by mail and completely changed the buying experience and it's a subscription and completely upended the market. And, you know, the leader in the marketplace basically lost a lot of market share. Yeah. And not only that, they did it at a price point that was more, uh, mountain, you know, palatable for the consumer. Yeah. Yeah. They were going direct to consumers. So they eliminated a lot of the, the middleman costs and so on, but more than anything, what really helped was changing the buying experience. Yeah. And so that's where there, there's so many ways to differentiate. And that's the benefit of having these kind of conversations with your customers is one learning to innovate and how you can innovate. And then two is how to differentiate so that you are gaining a competitive advantage um, in the marketplace. You know, it's really interesting that you say that and bring up that example, because I just was interviewing somebody last week and we were talking about marketing uh, and, and uh, you know, people's purchases and their purchase decisions. And I was giving him the, an example that I'll tell you in a minute in my local CVS. But then as you started talking about this, I realized the CVS that I go to, I've got two within walking distance of my house. And one, I just go to out of habit. They're probably equidistant from my home. Um, the other one is newer. It's a lot, you know, brighter and everything. But the one near, you know, that I just go by habit, um, also in the last year has started to put things, lots of things like my body lotion or my shampoo, my hairspray, things that are, you know, the shampoo that's selling for, you know, not that I buy that shampoo, but you know, the shower gel or whatever that's selling for $3.99. Now they're putting it behind a closed lock case and you have to wait for somebody. And, you know, then they're like, which one do you want? And there's certain things, you know, that you might not want to have the clerk get out for you. You know, it's just, there's all these obstacles to it. And so as you're talking, I'm thinking, why haven't I gone to the other store where they don't, it's newer, it's a different area and it doesn't, they don't have anything behind locked cases. Uh, now I'm going to totally think through that. But I was also telling this gentleman that um, the example of, uh, for some reason, I wanted to get some essential oil and they don't have those behind locked cases, which is crazy because they're expensive, but they had all the different brands all on one little end case all mashed up to each other, um, all, you know, probably four or five different boutique companies that, you know, put out this essential oil, but the pricing on them was vastly different. 
And if those companies knew that that's where their products were placed, and so that now people weren't making a decision because 100% essential oil, you know, tea tree is tea tree, you know, I know that's not always the case, but um, people are making buying decisions because of that experience, but only their experience of what's the least expensive. And it really becomes uh, a, a, a cost decision but I bet those companies have no idea and they don't know that I'm making the decision on the least expensive one just because I can see them all side by side so easily. Right. The other problem is that none of the brands are st uh, sticking out to you because they haven't built up any brand equity with you. Right. However, if, if, uh, if a brand had built up brand equity somehow through other means other than at the point of purchase, then I think that would differentiate from the pricing and even the positioning. And that goes yeah. back to branding. And I think people nowadays, quite honestly, every, everyone's pressed for time. And so more and more shoppers are no longer just buying products. They're actually buying experiences. Mm -hmm. And so if there was a brand that extended the experience of not just, um, you know, the essential oil, but other things that they could maybe provide yeah. you information, knowledge, education, and so on, that might make you have more affinity to the brand that would probably make a difference. Absolutely. I really do think so. So tell us, is this, a, is this something that you do then with uh, the iResearch.com and, um, oh, and I know Connect Quick is, am I right on that one? Yes, Connect Quick. Exactly. Yeah they're, yeah, they're they're completely different things. I'll talk about iResearch real quick. So basically what I noticed is that um, one of the expensive things in research to do was focus groups because mm -hmm. it's time consuming and expensive. So what I'm trying to do with iResearch.com is make it much more affordable, easy, and powerful so that you can do focus groups online anytime, anywhere, and in any language. Mm. And so it's really trying to democratize and make it much easier and simpler so that you can do it at scale and very easily. And it's designed specifically for focus group research in that it has you know, three distinct roles for a moderator, clients, and respondents. And you can do a variety of things. Basically, if you can put it on the internet, you can put it into a focus group and test from a video to an image to an audio, whatever you want. And it makes it much easier and simpler. Um, and the platform is chat-based. Uh, and I'll tell you why, because I've done it with video. And what happens with video is only one person can talk at a time. And I find that often limits what uh, the feedback you can get. Whereas with chat-based, you pose a question and everyone can answer at the same time. But oh. at the same time, once they see everybody's answers, they can feed off of that and have an in-depth conversation. And I've done this for many years now. And so what I'm doing now is basically making the platform available for people to do it on demand on their own. And so oh, that's what that's the platform great. is about. And I can see that now, actually, now that you're talking about it, you're right. If you have one person talking, only one person gets to talk at a time and that can influence other people rather than starting with a question and just pushing it out to have everybody respond then you can have more dialogue based or interaction based on uh, what came up out of that from everybody. Yeah, people do feed off of what other people say and then that allows you to do a deeper dive into the topic or the question at hand. I love it. I think that's phenomenal. So tell us a little bit about Connect Quick. Connect Quick actually came from a, what I call a pebble in my shoe. Uh, it was just irritating me. And that was when I'd go to conferences, I'd be giving out business cards and I'd be accumulating business cards and I'd walk away with 20, 30 cards. And I was like, what am I going to do? Type all these in, scan them in. And to me, it just seemed like a very inefficient way to do it in this digital age. And so I said, there's got to be a better way. So ConnectQuick is basically was inspired by that problem and to make it better and easier. And so it allows you to create your own personalized QR code. And basically people can scan it and mm -hmm. allows you to have three different profiles in your contacts. 
business, personal, and custom, so that you can decide, you know, based on who you're meeting, which profile you want to share. It can include an image as well as a short video if you want. For example, if you wanted to share your business contact, Michael, you would uh, show them a little bit about your podcast, whatever interest you want to do, and you got a little video attached to your contact record. And once you're in connection with them, if you ever update your contact information, it'll automatically update it on their phone as long as they're a Connect Quick uh, user as well. Beautiful, yeah. And I've seen I'm seeing some of things like this coming out in in the you know now especially the conferences are back on. Thank you very much. Um, so I think it's really fantastic. But I'm one of those old school people. I still love my business cards. <laughs> That's okay, and you can still put a QR code on your business card too. And so that That's way. True. The recipient doesn't have to type it in. They can just scan it. And the beauty of it, it, it just instantly goes in your phone. Yeah. And then it is it's really, really smart. I totally get it. I've been told by many people that I'm a dinosaur, but I can live being a dinosaur. It makes me happy. <laughs> no, there's real value to, you know, cards and the feel of it. I, I'm not against it. It's just, it's, it's really more the input of the information, not necessarily yeah. giving it, right? It's more yeah. about uh, typing in. I mean, when you go to these conferences, you get 30, 40 business cards. What do you do? type them all in. <laughs> totally true. I totally get it. No, you're right. Well, Darshan, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor for the month and we will be right back. Do you want to be a go-to expert that news reporters, anchors, and media producers turn to? Are you a media professional looking for credible, reliable, and timely guests? If you answered yes to either of those questions, then Shock Your Media Potential is for you. This one-of-a-kind platform connects vetted experts with news professionals around the globe. As a part of our launch celebration, you can participate for free in our Shock Your Media Potential virtual conference running March 28th through April 1st. Together with my co-host, Eddie Luisi, known as Stage Manager to the Stars, and also stage manager for Good Morning America, we have interviewed 25 media personalities and professionals to ask them the questions you need to know the answers to. Like, how can I make myself more newsworthy? How do I best pitch a story? How do I get invited back again and again? And much more. Some of our guests are household names with exceptional on-camera careers. Others are award-winning directors, producers, camera operators, audio engineers, celebrity hair and makeup professionals, and so much more. To learn more about our platform and our conference today, go to shockyourmediapotential.com. And we're back with uh, Darshan Mehta. And, um, you know, as we're talking about technology, the role that it plays to not only make better connections with uh, connectquick.com, which I love, um, but to also really dive into understanding our customers. I think this is a great segue right into your book. So tell us a little bit about your book. Tell us about why you wanted to write a book, because I'm always fascinated. Um, I've published a couple. I have a couple more on the way, but I think it's it's such a labor of love for those of us who write. I don't think any of us think we're going to make a million dollars on our books, but it's usually kind of like the pebble in your shoe with Connect Quick. For me, it was something that I just had to get out in the world. Tell us about your book. What made you want to write it and 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 how... Um, how is it something that those of us listening, you know, can be inspired to uh, to pick it up, buy it, and uh, read it, and do something with it? 
Sure. It, 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 the book transpired over many years of consulting. I just realized there was common patterns that were happening. And ultimately, what you're trying to do is get these insights to give you the differentiating advantage. And so the question was, how do you go for these insights? And again, it really boils down to conversations. So in the book, I talk about trends and I talk about give lots of examples on uh, what businesses have done well and, and not so well. And, and part of it is, you know, those that really stro strive to seek insights and then act upon them and those who decided not to do them as well and what you can learn from them. And I think people often learn from experience and seeing other examples as opposed to just being told, do this or do that. And now I can give you here three steps, do this. But I think it makes a difference when you see examples of what's actually happened and then makes sure you realize and you can identify with those examples. And that's what the book is about. And it talks about a variety of different trends and things out there, but more than anything is to try to get you to think a little bit differently and to pursue having more conversations with your customers. And in this case, to be honest with you, I think a lot of companies also are gonna be having more conversations with their employees because the work uh, environment's changing quite a bit in terms of being in person or online or remote. And so I think those are conversations that are gonna be important as well for a lot of organizations to ensure that you know, they have unity and uh, can still inspire and motivate people to be uh, working effectively. Yeah, and I think it whenever we can within our organizations bring it back to the customer and what we're learning and the questions that we're asking and a little bit of that curiosity that you talked about before, it's really important for our teams to understand, you know, why we're doing what we're doing or why we're moving a certain direction in a marketplace and why we might be changing packaging or why we might be changing our, you know, our rollout strategy. Um, because I think it, it also builds confidence in the employees that a business takes what they do very, very seriously. And, you know, when you're at, at, you know, top levels of an organization, you are definitely taking your company seriously, but unless you're communicating that all the way down and really connecting the dots, sometimes employees at different levels can feel like they're just a cog in the wheel instead of realizing how important everything is to reach that customer, continue the health of the business and keep things going. I think companies that have come to the point where they're constantly seeking insights and innovating on a regular basis and meeting the needs of their customers find that their employees are more energized and much more engaged because now they actually feel like there's a real contribution happening and they're being appreciated because customers are really enjoying this innovation or the new solution. And mm -hmm. it's just an easier thing to rally behind and it makes everybody happier. Yeah, it's interesting. We have a couple new platforms that we've been rolling out uh, and then some changes to it. And it's been really fun to include different members on my team um, to interact directly with our clients who are using these and to be able to say, okay, for instance, we're updating, um, you know, our we have a virtual bookstore. So we're updating all of our author pages and the book pages and the experience on the platform and what we're doing with it. And to have, <clears throat> excuse me, have even my um, website manager to be able to get the feedback. We just got one this morning from one of our, our uh, users on that platform. And she's like, I love it. Everything looks perfect. You know, cause he's putting all those technical pieces together. Um, and we've got other people that are running all the different components, but I think it's really good for him to say, you know, hear directly from that customer. Hey, I love this. This looks great. Which equates to you're doing a great job. Thank you. And that keeps the energy alive with it. Absolutely. And, you know, I think if uh, you can get your frontline people to be closer to your customers, you're going to gain more insights as well. And it becomes a, a loop that kind of feeds itself, right? And ends up becoming a constant method of ongoing improvement and moving forward.
Yeah, absolutely. So then I know this is also transitioned into your uh, podcast as well as the same name of getting to aha. So talk about your podcast a little. Well, I try to have guests on and uh, try to have an aha moment with them in our conversations that we can share with the audience. And the whole point is to, um, you know, maybe help uh, shift the mindset to really pursue these insights um, that they're all out there. And, you know, often people misuse the term, I think, insights thinking is just a fact or observation, but it's much more than that. It's, it's a deeper level understanding of trends, of motivators and things that are really going on. And to give you a good example, I think uh, that we're all familiar with who gives us good insights are comedians, right? Oh, yeah. If you think about a really good comedian, takes something from over here and over here, puts it together and makes you say, oh my God, that's so true. I never thought of that. That is an insight. And that's what you're striving to do is get that insight, that light bulb moment that kind of just crystallize everything together because now you understand the underlying motivator or trigger that's really driving that. And once you understand that, you're going to be in a better position to meet those needs. Yeah. And you're right. And I, I love it. I was just watching, uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I was watching some clips from the George Carlin uh, documentary and uh, it's just fascinating how he evolved as a comedian. But when he really took off was when he started telling the truth about things that we all knew, but putting them in a way that we could go, Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Either. Okay. I can accept that. Or that makes me a little uncomfortable, but I'm glad we got it out in the open. And you're right. Is, is this data, you know, it does give, I wrote down as you were talking deeper understanding that, you know, when you can um, accept that deeper understanding of what you learn from these insights and these trends, that's when your business really takes off when you're not fighting it and saying, well, that's not what people, you know, I don't like the numbers of that. Or I only those three people said that even if three people said something, you got to take, you got to listen to it. Doesn't mean you have to change everything you do, but you have to have some understanding of it in order to understand how it, it, it fits the entire package of what you're trying to accomplish. Absolutely. It sounds like you had an aha moment there, Michael. <laughs> All right. I'll be on your podcast next. <laughs> I love it. Well, we are gonna have we're gonna have all of your contact information on our show notes, including links to your podcast and your books, uh, and your book. But just in case somebody says, Hey, I want to look up Darshan right now, what's the best way for them to find you? Well, if they want, they can just send me an email directly at dm at iresearch.com or check out the website. So Excellent. We'll have all those. So remember everybody that was connectquick.com and iresearch.com. So I know we can all spell those things. So we, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? No, I think this has been great. I really appreciate the opportunity to have a conversation with you and I hope we can all gain more insights and improve the world around us. That'd be great. Oh, I love that. That's a great tagline. You should use that. <laughs> I love it. Darshan, thank you so much for being with us today. You've been a fantastic guest. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.